It is a great day for talk radio as we make our way towards the bottom of the hour. Then our buddy Cam's going to join us, leftovers and end cuts. But just as a, a leftover thought on what uh, happened today in a court here, there was uh, the story of the province being taken to court by a number of people, including the city of Toronto, Toronto District School Board. There were individual, uh, what do we call it, complainants or plaintiffs that were also contesting whether this was a subversion of democracy and so on and so forth. Now, Christine Van Gyne, who's the Ontario Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, actually was granted leave to intervene and present her arguments or their arguments in one such application uh, by a gentleman named, uh, I think it's Rocco Ashampong, who had run for mayor back in the day. Uh, But Christine Van Gyne has joined us on the line fresh out of court, and uh, she's going to give us an update. Christine, good to have you on the Oakley Show. Hi there. Hi, thanks for having me on. All right, a long day in court, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we were been here since about 10 a.m. and just got out about five minutes ago, so with just a 45-minute break. So it's been a really long day. Um, about 20 counsel appeared in front of uh, Justice Bellababa, and it's just... Uh, it's been a bit of a grind, and uh, he said he's going to issue his decision, uh, he hopes, on September 10th or 11th. So um, we've got a little bit of a wait ahead of us, but uh, I have faith that he's uh, he's going to give it some good thought. And counsel presented uh, really able arguments today on on our behalf, uh, on behalf of taxpayers, as, as we were given leave to intervene in this case. Yeah, right. That was your counsel. Let's not confuse them with city counsel. Yeah, so there were actually a, a number of parties. Um, it was all, almost all everyone made arguments based on on Canada's charter and constitution, and it was sort of getting into some complex charter and constitutional arguments. Um, there was uh, counsel for the city. There was counsel for Ra- Rocco Apachong, who is a, a someone who's running for city council, um, and, and counsel for another person named Chris Moyes, who's also running for city council, um, and we had uh, interveners. Uh, we were an intervener. The Toronto District School, School Board was an intervener, and there were a number of voters who were also represented um, as interveners. Well, and, and by the way, the Toronto Star had sort of uh, done this uh, profile of all of these various people who were in the court today, I guess, on the basis that somehow democracy was being subverted. Uh, so there was that list. But uh, yeah, they somehow missed us on that list. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna ask. Yeah, you weren't, you weren't uh, worthy of their news coverage. They just wanted the one-sided approach to things, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, I don't really understand why the Toronto Star decided to leave us off their coverage. They had a front page story about all the people who are participating in this application. Um, we're pay- playing a, a significant role. Our, our council advanced really um, compelling arguments today on behalf of um, how this uh, this legislation not just will save taxpayer money, but taxpayers' money, but how this is an important part of our democracy that, um, you know, this is a democratically elected government who enacted this legislation. And if you're going to challenge this legislation on the basis of unwritten principles of democracy, unwritten constitutional principles, which is what a bunch of the applicants were saying, you need to also consider that the supremacy of the legislature is a core principle of democracy and that this is a government that was just elected. Well, yeah, and by the way, one is written and the other is unwritten. When you talk that these people are challenging Doug Ford's Bill 5 on the basis of, quote, unwritten constitutional principles, like, what does that mean? That sounded rather nebulous to me. 
Yeah, and, and the judge actually used that term today when talking about unwritten constitutional principles. And there certainly are unwritten constitutional principles. Um, there's a principle of democracy. There's the principle of the protection of minorities, principle of uh, the rule of law. These are all important constitutional principles that are unwritten and they're part of our legal system. But these principles inform how we interpret are written principles, are written constitution. They don't subvert legislation. And it has never been the case that a single court in Canada has ever used an unwritten constitutional principle uh, to uh, uh, invalidate democratic, democratically enacted legislation. So that, and that's what the applicants were asking the court to do today. Um, on that issue, I don't think the judge was persuaded. I, you never know how a judge is going to rule. He, he said that he wasn't persuaded on the unwritten principles issue, but there are other issues that, um, that he was more interested in, specifically how um, Section 2B of the Charter, mm. which deals with uh, free expression, whether or not um, the, the act of voting could be construed as an as a, as, as a act of free expression. So that was sort of one of the areas where the, the, the lawyers were all exploring today. Wow. Yeah, it sounds to me like it's gotten so far into the weeds or gotten granular. Uh, it's, it's almost Kafkaesque. Uh, just on the very surface of it, it tells me that, you know, or it seems to me that Doug Ford, you know, as a premier, duly elected, as you point out, uh, he has the right to enact this legislation. You even point out the city's own lawyers have said there's no obvious path to successfully challenge this legislation. And even if they, they do win, they can't arrange for a 47-ward election by October without risking it being an illegit- illegitimate uh, election. So <laughs> what's the point? Yeah, so we talked about that today as well in court. Um, about whether or not the city would be able to successfully run a 47 uh, ward election. And their clerk said um, she wouldn't be able to run the 25 and 47 simultaneously. However, the city did counter this by saying um, they are, um, they are, the, the clerk is someone that they employ and they're asking um, the court to do this and that's within their right to do. So um, certainly the clerk did say that this is a problem and I, I do have concerns about what the outcome would be when you get down to the brass tacks of how this election will actually be run if the applicants are successful and have a 47 ward um, uh, ward election when the clerk has said that this would be problematic. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the, the city's own lawyers advised them that this, this was going to be a losing battle. Um, you never know how the judge is going to rule, but um, it just goes to show that the city voted against the advice of their own counsel to pursue a legal action that their counsel said is a losing act. So um, spending money to pursue something like that just seems like further example of city council's waste and an example of why there should be fewer counselors. Which explains your intervener status as the Ontario Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. You've got the taxpayers' interests at heart, and we appreciate you for that as always, Christine. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Yep, we're going to follow it up and uh, see where this one goes, but I guess we'll know by September 10th or 11th. Christine Van Gein, Ontario Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation.